Hello, and thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle podcast. I'm your host, Andy Brenton. Each week, you're going to hear actionable and practical tips and strategies to live your absolute best life as a Christian. I want to thank you again for taking your time to listen to this podcast. And so let's begin with today's portion of Practical Christian Living. How's your personal hygiene? Now, I don't mean to get too personal, but there's a lot of things that one could share that could help somebody keep a good hygienic state in the life that they live. Consider this. The rules for physical hygiene were quite simple during the 20th century, much different than what we have now in the 21st century. But generally, you take a bath twice a week, you brush your teeth daily, and then you wash your hands before you go to the table for dinner. Most of the soaps that were available had an awful smell and seemed to actually discourage physical hygiene. But of course, my points to make in this podcast are not about physical hygiene, past or present, but rather the spiritual hygiene of the inner man. You see, purity is absolutely essential to the good health of the inner man. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22, that Paul urged the young preacher to keep yourself pure. Now, we know that that keeping oneself pure is not just limited to Timothy, but rather we find that the New Testament strongly reveals the need for purity. In fact, the Old Testament as well, God has always required that his people be a pure people. And it's the signs of the time that show us the potent effort the world is making to try to shape the thinking of the people of God. And so here are three suggestions for developing and maintaining purity in your life. Number one, think on pure things. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. It's here in this passage that we find the Apostle Paul having penned, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. We must train our minds to dwell only on pure things. That demands pure thinking. It demands pure reading, pure conduct, pure watching, all things in purity. And so think on pure things. Secondly, we must get our wisdom from above. In James chapter 3 and verse 17, James states, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. And so in the life of man, it seems the conflict has always been between human wisdom and divine wisdom. Historians will tell us that the great philosophers, Plato, Socrates, and Aristotle, all thought the answers to the life's big questions were within the man. And that is still man's problem today. He is looking in the wrong place for the right answers. Men are desperately seeking to find answers to their questions and directions for their lives from their own wisdom. In the long ago, Jeremiah wrote, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in a man that walks to direct his own steps. Jeremiah 10, 23. And so it is ever so true that the man who guides himself is a fool because he has a fool for a guide. To be spiritually healthy, man must look to the wisdom of God. And then suggestion number three is that we must understand that hope purifies. In 1 John 3, 3, it states, Everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. And so every person who has the hope of becoming like God in eternity will aim at becoming like God here on earth. To take on those divine characteristics that God has given to us, to be able to see, to be able to witness throughout scriptures, to be able to apply to our own lives. I can assure you that there is no pretense of hope that is available separate and apart from the growth and purity. Take away our hope and life's inspiration for upright living has altogether vanished. 
Let us constantly remember the pleasures of sin are most deceptive. They are like snowflakes on the river for a moment, then gone forever. There can be no true spiritual hygiene apart from personal purity. Consider a forgiving spirit because a forgiving spirit is also essential to the good health of the inner man. Our personal happiness presently and in the years ahead depends greatly upon our ability to forgive others. It matters not if it be in your working relationship, family relationship, or membership in the local church of Christ. It is unreal to think that no one will ever hurt you or disappoint you in their words or their conduct. From time to time, all of us are hurt by other people. And though physical pain may be inflicted upon us by enemies, strangely enough, it is the emotional pain inflicted on us by those who are closest to us that hurt us the most. When someone hurts us, we're inclined to act in a way that will hurt them in return. In other words, we seek revenge. But you may be sure this so-called natural reaction is not the best course. As in all other matters, the Lord gives us the solution to the problem. Paul wrote in Romans 12:19, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. In my nearly 15 years of preaching, I believe this has turned out to be one of the most helpful passages in the New Testament. It has freed and unburdened me from many unending troublesome problems with others. Now, let me show you the beauty of how this teaching actually can be applied to life. Because to put it in modern terminology, it's as if the Lord is saying, Andy, you don't have to chase down everyone who has hurt you one way or another. You don't have to grab them by the neck, back them into a corner and shake their teeth out just to make them take it back. Whatever it is that they said or that they have done. Instead, I'm left unburdened to continue preaching the truth and love whereby I may even affect repentance in the offender's life. The Lord would have me appropriate forgiveness in my heart, and he will take care of the rest. You see, the Lord sure knows how to lighten the believer's burdens. And so, friends, revenge is a form of hate that will only condemn our souls. And the one who seeks revenge is quite often harmed more than his victim. If we claim to follow Jesus, then let him be our example. As Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2.23, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return, when he suffered, did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. There are other things that perhaps we could contribute to true spiritual hygiene, but you may be sure that purity and a forgiving spirit are in the very forefront of this idea of spiritual hygiene. By the way, is your spiritual hygiene as good as your physical hygiene? Think about that. Thank you for listening to and sharing this podcast. And until next time, may God continue to keep you and protect you, and may you continue to seek Him in all things. God bless.